All right, well, good morning. Grab a seat real quick. And uh, due to some uh, minor technical difficulty, somebody heisted our batteries. It wasn't you, was it? We're missing some 9-volt batteries, you know? Anybody, like, grab some 9-volt batteries? All right, good. Well, this is how God wants us to do it today. Uh, I will let you know when the sun is coming up. And you can, like, be peeking and checking it all out. Um, you don't even have to be looking at me, but... A uh, couple things going on. You guys, uh, this is perfect for who Driftwood is. You guys noticed the shirts? Did you see the shirts? Everybody throw up a little shaka right here, all right? You know, kind of the urban legend on how that came about is when the Howleys, the white people started going up into the North Shore Hawaii, I understand. Um, they had to go through like some farm area and stuff. And uh, there was this old Hawaiian dude that used to wave at everybody like this. And they thought it was some kind of Hawaiian, you know, secret little, like, thing. And they thought they were cool. Everybody did it back. Till one day, they met the dude, and they found out that he had lost these fingers in a farming accident. And so instead of hiding this hand, and like most of us would, and show what we think is the best hand, he did the best he could with what he had, where he was at. And so it came to mean to hang loose, to do the best you can with what you got, where you're at. And so at Driftwood, instead of saying amen, we just say, Yoo! all right? So uh, what we're going to do here is everybody's going to practice real quick. Throw up your little shaka. Everybody throw it up. And on the count of three, let everybody in the condos hear your you. All right, one, two, three. Yoo! All right. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll keep an eye on it. And if anybody sees that sun peeking up, throw your hand up and just go, you. I'll tell you, and we're going to give a big you to God, man, when that sun comes up, all right? So, but in the meantime, all right, ooh, I got a little extension here, all right, feeling some freedom now, all right, so, um, man, Easter, it's all about the resurrection, and you know what, there's some things we have because of the resurrection that we wouldn't have any other way, and one thing that we have is resurrection power, man, everybody just say power, doesn't everybody like power? But the greatest power that we have in this world is probably the least tapped into power, and that is resurrection power. Man, do you know what happened? Jesus on Friday, he died. He was beaten beyond recognition, just brutally beaten, killed. Every ounce of life was taken out of his body. He gave it up, but he was definitely dead. There was no resuscitation about this. He died, he was buried. And on the third day, man, he rose again. Hey, let me ask you a question, bro. If you were dead and buried, what would happen to you on the third day? What, man, you'd still be, how many of y'all would still be there if it was your own power, right? If it was your own power, but Jesus had resurrection power. He was able to rise out of the grave. And if he could raise himself out of that grave, that means he's got the power to raise us out of that grave. Now that power is not just for death. It's not for just when we're buried and we need to be raised up to go to heaven. That power, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, that power is available to you all the time. And so on my paddle board, and uh, many of you guys have gotten some of these cards. Um, and by the way, uh, well, we have more of these. I'll see you up there. We have breakfast afterwards, so stick around for breakfast. I'd love to give you one of these cards. It's got these colors on here, and these colors remind me of what I have in this resurrection power. And I want you to be reminded of it too. 
I put it on my paddle board here so not only I could share the gospel, but I'd be reminded of what I have in that power. And I want to remind you, that's what God wants me to share with you this morning. So when I take a look at this board right here, the first color I see is I see this yellow right in the middle. And um, hey man, can you tell me what color the streets are in heaven? Anybody know what color the streets are in heaven? What color are they? They're gold, man. And that's what this reminds me of. It reminds me that I have a home in heaven, all right? I like to use little hand signals and stuff so we can all kind of remember. So, so here's when I say we have a home, or what do we have first? Say we have a home and put your hands like this. Everybody go ahead and do this, man. Make a roof. All right, we got a roof, so everybody put them down. On count of three, what do we have because of resurrection power? First thing is we have a we have a home in heaven, man. And you know what? When you give your life to Christ, you know that this is no longer your home. Your home is in heaven. We are only pilgrims here, which I'll get to later. But, man, we're, all, we're, we're here on the clock for Christ. We have a home in heaven. You say, how do I know that? Well, you know, on the night before Jesus died, when the disciples were all up there thinking he was going to usher the physical kingdom in, and they're like, hey, who's going to be in charge? I'm more important than Peter. I'm more important than John. And they're arguing with each other about all that. Jesus was trying to prepare them for the fact that the kingdom was supposed to be in their heart at this point. Later, the kingdom would be on this earth. But he was trying to tell me, he said, guys, don't be upset that I'm getting ready to leave. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Anybody tell me what that place is? Put your hands up. It is. It's heaven, man. We got a home in heaven. He said, if it were not so, I tell you. He said, but I'm going to prepare this place for you. And where, you, where I go, you'll be also. One of his disciples said, well, I don't know how to get there. How am I going to get there? We don't know where it is. We don't have a map. We don't have Google. We don't have GPS. We don't, have, we don't know. And Jesus said, hey, you guys know me, right? He said, if you know me, you know the way. He said, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Now what that means is that if you have him, you can come to the Father through him. He's the only way, but he is an accurate way. He is an effective way. He is the only way and you will get there if you go through him. So let me ask you a question. How many of y'all know for sure that when you die, you have got a home in heaven, that this is not your home? Amen. Hey, yeah, that's it, man. So the first thing we have because of his resurrection power is we have a home in heaven. Man, we got a home in heaven. And if you're questioning that, man, read what John wrote later in 1 John. In 1 John uh, 5.13, he said, man, I wrote all of these things for you that believe in the name of the Son of God so that you could know, not speculate, not hope, not wish, but you can know for sure that you have heaven, that you have eternal life. That's what he did it for. Hey, so Terry, if you were driving around, and you were driving around Fort Pierce, and you didn't know where you were going, you would be what? You'd be lost, right? And Jesus doesn't want us to be lost. He wants us to know where we're going. And the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, just gives us over and over the ticket of how to get to heaven, and that is by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. He said that you can't do it unless He gives you that desire. So if you're sitting here and you have that desire and you've never surrendered your life to Him, I want you to understand, He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, it's like this wind. Did you guys know when this wind was going to start? 
No. Does anybody here know when this wind is going to end? Please help tell me no. Man, we're waiting for it to glass off for some good surf, but you don't know when it's going to end. But what do you know? Right now, you know it is here. And that's what he said the Holy Spirit is like. When the Holy Spirit is working in your life, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Christ. And he wants you to surrender your life to him at that point in time. You reject it, man. You don't know when it's going to end. And without that desire, you can't do it. So the first thing that just makes me stoked, makes me so excited about resurrection power, because I know that if I died and I was buried, I could not raise myself up. The first thing that makes me excited about that resurrection power is he is going to raise me up and take me home. And my home is where? Heaven. Amen. I got a home in heaven. Oh, hey, y'all turn around. Let's give God a big you. All right. That's only part of it. I'll let you know when it cracks back up again, guys. Yeah, you can take pictures. It's all good. All right. My dad made that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the second thing, not only do I have a home in heaven, but I look at all this black on this board, all this dark blackness right here. And you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of sin. It reminds me of sin. And, and the Bible says we're all sinners. We all come short of the glory of God. Sin separates us from God. But what this reminds me of is that by the resurrection power, my sin was taken away and I don't have to sin anymore. Hey, so look, look here. Let me put this right here. So first thing is we have a home in heaven. But now the second thing is I want you to show this bondage. You don't have to sin anymore. Okay, so hit, hit up both of those things with me first. First thing is I have a home in heaven and I don't have to I don't have to sin anymore. Did you know that when you become a believer, you have resurrection power inside you to overcome the enemy? You do not have to sin. And the more you follow Christ, the more you tap into that power, the less you stay separated from, uh, from that power, the less you have to sin. Here's where I'm coming from. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. So, but with the temptation, he'll make a way to escape. So here's what he's telling us. He said there's no temptation facing you that someone else hasn't faced. But God is faithful. God's helped others. He'll help you. But he says he's not going to tempt you above that you're able. But listen to this. This is the key. Oh, hang on. Turn around. Everybody go. Got a big you. All right. Come on, man. We can do better than that. One, two, three. <laughs> all right right on you get your pictures that's it that's it all right so again he says no temptation taking you but such is common to man but God's faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able but listen to this with the temptation he'll make a way for you to escape so what happens here folks is you've got to take his way out if if God is going this way, that's the right way. If you are going the wrong way, then you're going to sin. And if you go His way, the more you follow His way, the less you sin, the less you are separated. But the point of that verse is that the devil can't make you do anything. You have to choose to sin to sin. We have a sin nature, but we choose to use it. You are what you eat, man. You eat the Word of God. Stay in the soul food. Stay following God. Seeing things from His perspective. And you will not sin as much. Now, we all sin, right? And we're going to continue to sin, but it's only because we are walking in the flesh. 
The more we see it from his perspective and walk his way, the less we sin. So when I'm on my board, man, I see that gold on that board. It reminds me that I have a... I got a home in heaven, but I look down and I see that black darkness and I'm thinking, oh man, I want to do this wrong thing or I'm going to do that thing or I'm not doing that because of my stubborn pride. I look down and I realize I don't have to. Help me out. I don't have to sin. You don't. If you have resurrection power, you don't have to sin. Unfortunately for us, we're never going to lose the flesh till we get to heaven and there's always going to be sin in our life, but you don't have to. And you have the power in you to choose not to. But half the time, we just get caught off guard and we do what we want to do anyways. So I got a home in heaven. I don't have to sin. But the red on this board, man, the, the red on this board reminds me of, yep, of Jesus Christ, of his blood. But because of his blood, everybody put your hands together. What does this mean? It means you can pray. Hey, check this out. In the Old Testament, we've been studying that in some of our small groups. In the Old Testament, the high, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies where God was once a year. Only once a year, and he had to go in exactly the way God wanted him to go in. On his garments, he had bells and he had fringes. And history tells us, tradition tells us, they put a rope around his ankle. So that when he went in and he was moving, they would hear the bells moving and if they didn't hear the bells moving for a while what that meant is god didn't accept his sacrifice now natalie god didn't accept ben's the high priest and god didn't accept his sacrifice he's in the holy of holies and god struck him dead you going in after him no that's what the rope was for to pull him out in other words in the old testament man they sacrificed and sacrificed none of those things took away sins but their sacrifices were unacceptable most of the time because they did it with the wrong heart. They did it the wrong way. But we know, according to the book of Hebrews, that Jesus, this man, performed one sacrifice on the cross and then he sat down on the right hand of God the Father because his sacrifice was the ultimate sacrifice that finished it all for us. And we know all through the New Testament, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, that because of that sacrifice, we can now come boldly to the throne of God. How many of you ever, like, ever been in a position where you feel so bad about yourself, you don't think God wants to hear from you? Come on, man, let me see. Anybody ever been there? You just think, I'm too bad, God doesn't want to hear from me? That's foolishness. If you have the sacrifice of Jesus covering your life, because you've surrendered yourself to him and you're his child. When he looks down on you, the first thing he sees is the blood of Christ, which is his favorite thing. And he sees that and you are acceptable. And in fact, I want to put it to you, you may be more acceptable on your worst day as well as better than on your best day. Because on your best day, how many of y'all ever felt like this? Oh man, God, you are so lucky to have me today. God, you are so lucky because I am so good. You know what I did last night and what I did this morning? You know, that's pride, and that's when we get in the, it gets in the way. But I want you to see you are not acceptable based on your behavior. You are only acceptable to Christ because of, the, to God the Father, because of the blood of Christ. So, what I see this red on this board as I'm paddling around, it reminds me that I have access to the Father. I can speak to Him at any point in time. I have access to Him. I can pray to Him at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, where's Marilyn at? 
Maryland, somewhere around here, Maryland. Maryland texts me. Oh, there's up there. Maryland texts me at 10:30, but dude, I was in bed. I wasn't answering that text unless she texts back and it was emergency. You know, you call me at three in the morning, I might answer it, but I might not be happy about it, right? But you call Jesus at 3.30 in the morning. He's stoked. He wants you to call him. He wants you to talk. That's why he gave you access through the blood. All right, so here we go. We've got three of the four uh, benefits of the resurrection that we need to tap into. So you guys ready? Help me out. When I see the yellow, I'm reminded that I have a home. And where's that home? It's in heaven. Next thing is I'm look at the black and I'm reminded that I don't have to sin. All right, everybody do that. I don't have to sin. But the third thing, I look at the blood of Christ, the red on there, and it reminds me that I have access to God the Father on my worst day as well as my best day because I have a sacrifice that's worthy. But last but not least on all of this, I look at the green. And the green reminds me of why I'm here. If my home's in heaven, why didn't he just take me to heaven? How many of y'all could be totally happy in heaven right now? Yeah, dude, wouldn't that be awesome in heaven? You know, Terry, you wouldn't have to worry about the house, man, and all that. Heaven, dude, it's already built. Jesus has been building it for over 2,000 years. You thought your house took a long time, right? 2,000 years. If he made the earth in six days, put it all together in six days, imagine what that house is looking like after a couple thousand years, dude. It's going to be pretty awesome. So what, why, would, why didn't God just take me to heaven when I gave my life to him? Because he had something for me to do here. And what he had for me to do here is, listen, he wanted to take me through all kinds of situations in life. Anybody here ever have situations? Anybody, anybody not have situations? Let me see your hands so we can all model you, okay? All right, there's nobody here. We've all got situations, right? And in those situations, what God wants us to do is see life from his perspective. So that as we see it from his perspective, we can fall more in love with him. Everybody put your arms up. Fall more in love with him. So that as we fall more in love with him, we fall more in love with, help me out, with others. And that's why we're sharing this with you this morning. So, you know, that green reminds me of why I'm here. As I go through the trials of life, as I go through situations in life, as I'm trying some days easily to see life from his perspective, and other days I'm struggling to see it from his perspective, what happens is it always works out. How many of y'all know it always works out? Amen. You know all things work together for good to them who love God and called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean it's all good, but what that means is it is good. It's for our good and his glory, and the next verse tells us the good that comes out is we become more like Him. We become more like Him. That's the purpose in it all. That's what I want to be is more like Him. But as I become more like Him and fall more in love with Him, I fall more in love with others. You know, I'll say this and we're, and we're done. When Jesus left, He gave His believers one job. You had one job. Just one job. Last night, we were dying Easter eggs with my... Uh, 17-month-old grandson, somewhere around there. And, uh, yeah, we had a whisk. For those of you, this is a cool little toddler hack, man. Bought a whisk at Goodwill, stuck an egg in there. And he had one job. His one job was to just dip that whisk into the dye and keep it there without spilling it. One job. <laughs> he did okay on the first egg. Like, all right, this is kind of cool. Made a blue one. He did okay on the second one. By about the third one, he was getting a little distracted. 
and he spilled orange dye all over everything. Now, praise God, it was orange and it wasn't purple or whatever, but he lost sight of what he was supposed to be doing. He lost focus. And he forgot about his one job that he was doing. And when we forget about our one job, we get busy doing all kinds of insignificant, incidental things. And we get distracted and sometimes we make a mess, don't we? Anybody here make a mess? Yeah. Here's what Jesus told his followers. This is what he told his followers to do. As he was leaving, he said, here's your one job. He said, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to make disciples. Now that's our one job. Not sing beautiful songs only if it makes disciples. Not preach messages only if it makes disciples. Not go surfing only if it makes disciples. He said make disciples. We do it as we're going throughout our life. We make disciples. What a disciple is is somebody who says, I want to put myself under the authority of a teacher. And I'm going to submit to that teacher. Now the teacher's not me. It's not some other Bible teacher. The teacher is him. We submit ourselves to Him. We become a disciple of Christ. And we do everything we can to see life from His perspective and to learn what He wants us to do, and we do it. He says, now go make disciples, and He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In a moment, we're going to be baptizing some folks here. Hey, if you're getting baptized, raise your hand up real quick. Let me see you guys. Yeah, right on. Right on. And what baptism is, check this out. When they're standing in the water, what does that look like, guys? What does that look like? It looks like a cross. Hey, when I take you guys under the water, that represents Jesus' what? Jesus' death. Aren't you glad that the, when I raise you back up, it represents him being resurrected? Are you glad for that? Amen. Because if Jesus wasn't resurrected, I would have to do a half baptism. I could only hold you under until he came up, <laughs> and, and you wouldn't make it. But that's how dead we are without that resurrection power. Represents Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection. But it also represents, man, it represents you dying. Lily, where you at, Lily? Over here. Lily, when I take you under, it represents you dying to your old life as your boss. Saying, I'm no longer going to be my boss. And now I'm rising up to live for him with his resurrection power. Lily, don't try to do it on your own, man. How many here have tried to live the Christian life in your own flesh, in your own power? Man, how does that work? It doesn't. <laughs> you have to redefine Christianity to do it, and that's not what we're supposed to do. You have to live it in his power. So he says, go into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And here's what he says disciple making is. Teaching others to do what I have taught you. So as I go through life, whatever God throws my way, hey, here's the other part of this you thing. We're surfers and we don't make waves. We what? We ride them. Surfers don't make waves. We ride them. If you tried to spend all your time trying to make a wave, you'd never get to ride one. And so many people do that in life. They're always trying to make something happen. Manufacture a situation. Finagle this. Finagle that. Politic this. Politic that. Instead of riding the wave God has provided for you so surfers man we don't make waves we ride them and so that green reminds me that whatever god throws my way today whatever he throws your way today i see it from his perspective and it's a wave i ride it and as i ride it i grow more in love with him and then that causes me to grow more in love with others because i start sharing with them what god has done in my life and that's all you're called to do folks as a witness is share what he's done in your life 
So help me out on the board here. We got four things that, that we have because of the resurrection power that we wouldn't have any other way. The first one, the gold reminds me that I have a home in heaven right on. The black reminds me is that I don't have to. The devil can't make me do it. I don't have to sin anymore. The red reminds me that I have any time, all the time, access to God the Father through Jesus Christ. And the green reminds me of why I'm here. Help it out because we're only here for a short period of time. I'm here to f grow more in love with God so that I can grow more in love with others. Share this illustration and we'll be done. We use this in our church a lot, in our services. I have 100 grains of sand right here bet uh, between my fingers. Would you like to come here and count these? No, you're just going to trust me? How many of y'all trust me? That's 100 grains of sand. If each one of these grains represented one year of life, that's a long life right there, isn't it? Is there anybody here that's 100 years old? Anybody feel like they're 100? Yeah. <laughs> but you're not. 100 years is a long time, but yet in eternity, that's it, man. That's 100 years if each grain of sand represented a year. But if each grain of sand represented a year, all the rest of the grains of sand on all the beaches in the universe do not represent all the years of eternity. We're not supposed to live for this, folks. We live for that. Invest in eternity. Invest in the kingdom, man. Grow more in love with God so you can grow more in love with each other. Now, for those of you who've never given your life to Christ, I want to share these colors real super quick with you again. I want you to know God has created a place where you can live with Him forever, and that place is heaven. He wants you to be there with Him. He wants to give you the desire and ability to receive Him, the desire and ability to surrender your life to Him. But I know that some of you, your, your, your pride is not going to let you do that. God's calling, and you're going, la, 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 I'm not here. You're not hearing. But I want you to know God's got an awesome place where you can live with Him forever in heaven because honestly, everybody's going to live forever. They're either going to live in heaven or they're going to live in hell. And if you're not living in heaven, you're living in hell forever. But He wants you to live in heaven. He's got an awesome place for you. But this black on the board again represents sin. And the Bible says everybody's a sinner. Sinner's not doing just the, the wrong things. It's not doing the right things. We've all sinned and we've missed the mark of perfection. Would you all agree that nobody's perfect? <laughs> and that's what he said. But sin has to be paid for. You have two choices. One, you can be judged by your own works at the end of your life. And in the book of Revelation, it says all those that chose to be judged by their own works, they were cast into the lake of fire because their works were not perfect. So God sent His only Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, to pay for our sins. That's what the red represents. And that, if you will surrender your life to Him, then what He did on the cross is now applied to your life. And how long is it there for? Forever. No one can take it from you. You can't lose it. You don't have to renew it like a magazine subscription. It's there. So, He's making that home of heaven available to you, but it's only available through Christ. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way, folks. That's it. And when you give your life to Christ, you've got eternal life. But on the other hand now, He doesn't necessarily take you right to heaven. Now, we might lose a few people in baptism today. It's a little rough out there. 
And, but you know what, man? Hey, you sure you're going to heaven when you die, bro? So, you know, I, I think you get to heaven, you're going to be okay. Now, we're going to try to hang on to you, Lily, okay? But, you know, what happens, happens, man. It's just, we don't make waves, we ride them, right? But the fact is, most of you, when you give your life to Christ, you're going to be around for a little while. And you're around for a little while to grow more in love with God through whatever He's bringing in your life so you can grow more in love with others and share that with them. So let's pray, and then we're going to have some baptisms, but you guys are welcome. I'd love for you to stick around for the baptisms. Um, I would love for you also to stick around and have some uh, have, have breakfast with us. Um, we don't generally take uh, an offering at Driftwood. We have some rusty buckets that we have up around our sanctuary, and, or we're up there where we worship. And uh, so there's some rusty buckets if God's put in your heart to give. Man, do it, but by no means is there any obligation for that. But that's how we do it here. And um, so whatever God's put in your heart, man, let's do it. But let's pray right now. Father, all the places we could be in the world, you've brought us here. What a cool place to be. Um, but help us not miss it. Um, this beach, everything about what we're experiencing right now is so intricate that it didn't just come together. You have made this, Father, and you have made it for your glory. And we can feel your glory, see your glory. We can smell it. We can, we can just take it in in all our senses. But, Father, um, you do tell us that there's enough in this environment to prove that there's a God. And even you don't believe in atheists. But, Father, um, that's not enough for salvation. What has to happen is somebody's got to share the gospel Somebody's got to have your Holy Spirit working in their heart, giving them the desire and ability to accept it, and then they have to accept it. So, Father, I pray that if there's somebody here today that's never given their life to Christ, you would give them a desire they cannot refuse to surrender themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender everything they know about themselves to everything they know about you. And that that is good for salvation. Father, um, thank you for making that salvation available. I pray if there's somebody that's sitting around waiting, saying maybe I don't want to do it today, tomorrow, Father, let them feel the wind and realize that tomorrow the wind may not be there. And without you giving them a desire, they can't surrender. Help them just have a desire they can't refuse to surrender to you today. Never met anyone who's ever surrendered and wish they hadn't, but thousands like me that wish we'd done it sooner. And Father, for those of us that know we are your children, help us tap into the greatest power that is available to us on this planet, and that is that resurrection power. Help us, Father, realize because of that we have a home in heaven. Help us realize, Father, that we don't have to sin. Help us realize, Father, that we have instant access to you to talk to you all the time because of that resurrection power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And help us realize that you want us to use that resurrection power to get through the things you have ordained for us to get through in life so we can fall, grow more in love with you and in turn grow more in love with others. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. And instead of amen, all of God's people said, yeah. All right.